and welcome back to another episode of the Green Tea Podcast. My name is Emma. I am your host and Gracie Grace. Today we are joined by a special guest. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself and tell everybody what your name is. Hi, my name is Nurtaj, <laughs> Nurtaj Türkeli. I'm from Turkey. I'm also content creator here in New York. Awesome. So today we are answering the question, is freelancing as glamorous as it looks? The freelance life is marked by extravagant destinations, <laughs> invitations to lavish events, and popular brands gifting mountains of free products. But it's also marked by long hours and a social battery that's needed at 100% all the time. And that leads to burnout. We'll each be sharing a little bit more about our own experiences navigating burnout as freelancers, um, plus sharing a little bit about the astrology uh, transits as well. Yes. <laughs> You're joining us virtually today. What's that about? So yesterday morning, I woke up and I just had to throw up like everything. And I felt a little bit like I've been feeling bloated for a couple days, but I went to the bathroom. But I think my theory is maybe from the mala we ate on Saturday, which was a couple days ago, I know. But every time I eat mala, you guys, like my stomach, I always have diarrhea, you know, whatever. It's, it's still good. But I think um, the mala has caused me like indigestion and like like clogged intestines because apparently mala is like super fatty there's a lot of oil it's super spicy so i don't know am i getting old so my intestines are clogging oh my <laughs> maybe wow you guys but you guys are fine with mala yes but i just injured my neck this morning so i'm like on the same <laughs> boat as you i'm like am i getting older <laughs> well, i hope that both of you feel better soon because Thank you. i hate when like you can't move your neck and also i've had my fair share of stomach problems also but mala hasn't done that to me but maybe i don't know i mean i guess i hope it doesn't let's just keep it that way you know <laughs> but all of us have experience as freelancers um i know that I sort of have just recently found myself in, in this position, but maybe one of you would like to start talking about your experience as like a freelancer and how you're navigating burnout, what kinds of things are coming up, because um, I would really love to hear about that. The only like nine to five that I've ever done in my life is like working at a cafe or being under a K-pop agency and you always have like a boss and you can never do anything outside that box. So I think like I've, I think anybody hates like having a boss and somebody to listen to. But I did like a little bit of a, the structure of it. But once I came out and I started making my own money through freelancing, through YouTube especially, I loved it so much because I was able to be my own boss. There's no nine to five. It's my own creativity. And I think it's a little bit harder to always level up when you have a boss. So freelancing is honestly amazing. I made, to be transparent with you guys, a lot of money from YouTube. The only thing is like after your peak years, like you have to constantly change your content because, you know, the audience absolutely changes. So that's kind of where I am with the struggle. I feel like my audience has definitely changed. There's so many true crime YouTubers now. There's so many people doing beauty. So how am I going to change myself to continue this? And that's where I am with burnout. I feel like I am constantly having to create content every single day, every single other day. If I don't upload three to five days, that's like a long term in terms of online. Do you usually upload stuff every day? Not every day. I try to upload like two to three days, but even that is a lot. You know, you have to constantly think of new creations. I guess sometimes it's like, well, if you are a news network, you're doing something every single day. Or if you're like a drama, you have to release something every week. So if you compare it to that, it's not too bad. Honestly, I am I am very tired. 
But you, Taj, you're very similar to me. Yes, and I would like to say maybe more like um, I'm from Turkey and I studied Chinese language. So I had a little bit of uh, full-time job experience in Turkey, but I known myself like since I was a child that I never wanted to do full-time job life. That's why I try to create myself different source of income mm -hmm. so like that's how i started to do social media before that i was like simultaneous translator to like businessman and everything like i was trying to find my own ways so become more like freelancer so i could schedule myself so that was good but like combining social media which comes with so many different platforms right not only youtube also instagram TikTok, like you name it also me trying to do my own ecom work and like you know other side jobs, starting social media agency. It's like, what am I trying to do? Because wow. like me, what does freelancer mean? You know, like, do I, do I try mm. to prove myself to myself first? So like, I don't have a boss, so I can schedule my, my whole life. But right now I'm at the point like, yes, I don't know what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to achieve, to earn mm. money, to earn freedom, because clearly, I don't have right now any of them the way I want. Mm. So like, this is where I am at. Like, mm. I love the idea of freelancer, but maybe I didn't do the very fundamental system for myself mm. that I have, like, I can follow mm. because there are so many opportunities, right? Like, especially for digital world, we do have so many ideas and so many areas, but like, I'm still trying to figure out what's best for myself. It's really interesting to me how the, like, I mean, the very word, freelancer sort of implies that there's this freedom and there's all this time that you have to do whatever you want but then you actually get into doing it and you feel like you have no free time or like there's you know not maybe as much flexibility as you had thought or I guess you know I know we all talked about this before but kind of the idea that there's almost too much freedom and not enough structure sort right. of what you're implying. What would be you guys's perfect idea of freelancing? Well, I guess for for me, like, I'm sort of new to freelancing, I suppose, right? Like, I started with 9 to 5, and then I moved to almost like this 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. situation when I worked in nightlife. And now I'm here doing uh, more freelancing work where I don't have, you know, someone to answer to or someone to tell me what to do. Um, so I think even for me, I'm still in the process of trying to understand and figure out what it actually means to be a freelancer. But I know that one of the biggest, <clears throat> excuse me, draws for me was the same thing that you mentioned in your touch, which is uh, the freedom to kind of self-govern as I move along in my career and have um, the authority to choose what it is that I want to do and when I want to do it. Um, but I mean, I know this might not be answering your question, but I, I suppose to me, freelancing, it carries the freedom that I think we all are I don't want to say promised in a sense, but in a way we're sort of promised this like online and we see everyone else mm -hmm. or at least what we think it's going to be. Right. Mm -hmm. um, sorry. Alongside, though, a certain amount of structure that actually supports and sustains the demands that freelancing requires, because, you know, like working for yourself is really great for freedom and all these other perks, I suppose. But you also have much more, I think, responsibility in some ways. Um, so for me, I think my ideal freelancing, if you will, has struck a balance between those things. And it becomes something that's actually sustainable because I think that's my biggest like hole in it right mm -hmm. now. You know, what about yeah. you guys? 
Yeah, sustainability. Sustainability. I think uh, for social media, it's one of the reasons why I dived in there because it really, like you said, promises like, oh, this is the perfect job situation because you can even work from Bali. You can work from anywhere you want. And just with computer, you can do whatever you want. Well, it does not (laughs) work that way, especially like you mentioned, Grace, like there are so many more influencers right now. Maybe it was a little better Mm -hmm. at the beginning. Mm. I've been doing social media for the last uh, six years. And I tried almost every platform except except TikTok. I don't know why we don't okay. get along. Sure. I don't I don't get oh, it. Really? <laughs> no, I just don't like I don't know. I don't get it. Mm. Uh, but like my ideal situation right now at the moment, especially like th- I think I'm gonna uh, create my source of income with something else, uh-huh. and then I'm just gonna enjoy social media more like side hustle, okay. because I try to be full time here and. Uh, it does not really work for my mental health because mm-hmm. it's like constant battle every month, especially if you're not working with a social media agency, mm-hmm. if you're coordinating everything and negotiation part, like you guys, not a joke. I cried yesterday. Oh. I cried yesterday because a brand was what? pushing back the way that I'm like, ah, like, don't they see what I'm asking? Like, right. it sometimes it feels a like constant battle and sometimes almost in a disrespectful way, unfortunately. Like you're telling your requirements, your deliver deliverables and your rate. To me, it's like quite clear and professional, mm. but sometimes the response to it, you know, unfortunately, especially in New York, there are so many influencers who, who are willing to do barter mm. and it does not work that way anymore. Like mm. I, can't ha- I can't do living here with barter. <laughs> Do you think that, I guess this is a question for both of you, Grace, as well. Do you feel like the fact that people are willing to barter their services, like with a brand, for example, has gotten in the way of creators like you who have rates and other things um, from getting those opportunities? Oh, yes. You know, a hundred percent, I think, because you're asking rates and another person is willing to do it for free. And then, yeah, almost like easy choice. Yeah. Yeah, I think I kind of agree. I think because there's so many micro influencers now that are willing to do things for free, it's like they would be rather paying or not paying, I'm sorry, gifting all these to micro influencers, like 100 micro influencers versus one influencer who has like 200,000 followers and their rate is like 5k. I hear like I actually had a meeting with my podcast agency in the morning and they were also telling me like a lot of brands at the moment are strategizing around like micro influencers and almost no payment or like very small budget Mm. more than paying one big amount to big influencer so like a lot of brands are doing that at the moment do you guys think that that's efficient like the best way to go about things or no do you think that there's like do you think i feel like this is sort of like a quantity versus quantity situation or maybe not fully but based on what you're saying it's like you have the option to um utilize more influencers right like you're not paying as much money but you get more people Mm -hmm. versus someone who is i don't want to say necessarily higher quality of course i don't mean to say that one person is individually more you know that's not what i mean um but just the quality of the work that they might put out the quality of their audience um that's kind of like compensating for for one shall i answer for like because I also do influencer marketing for brands. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. So like I'm also on the other side, right? But it's very minor. It's not like my main job. Okay. Uh, I understand why brands are willing to do that. Because especially most of the nano influencers, uh, if they're legit, because unfortunately a lot of people are buying, I 
really don't like that, but it's their decision. Yeah. If they're legit, if they have legit uh, engagement with their audience, yeah. uh, actually, yes, that is smart. Mm-hmm. This is just so shocking to me. I mean, shocking in a way because I don't, you know, I'm a freelancer, but right now I don't make money like the two of you do, you know, through YouTube or through um, brand deals or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just super interesting to hear what you have to say because I, I really know like next to nothing about this. Um, Can you talk about like how you are working right now from like the nine to five and how are you, what are your struggles trying to get into the freelancer market? Yeah. So kind of like I mentioned just a second ago, um, I started from the standpoint of doing like nine to five. I thought I was going to go to medical school and become a doctor, in which case, you know, these people are working like, you know, for definitely at the bare minimum 40 hours a week. Um, you know, but if not more, I know there are like laws in place that you don't have to work 120 hours now, but the job is very much the, the classic like nine to five. You know, you're working all day, married to your job, sort of a situation. And I think the benefits of that for me were there was so much structure that mm. all I had to do was like, be obedient and abide by the deadline. Like this is when you need to turn your assignment in. This is how many patients you have to see. Clock in, clock out, you're done, you know? So in a way it made things easier to follow, but the sort of, uh, one of you said it, but to your point earlier about, uh, I don't really like being, to be frank, to be told what to do. Um, I don't like having somebody micromanage me and always like standing over my shoulder, like trying to tell me, what to do. So uh, that was one of the things that I think really lacked in that uh, environment from the nine to five. Um, and I found myself really craving more freedom and more creative, like ability to exercise my creativity. <clears throat> After that, I moved to nightlife where it was sort of similar to the nine to five, except evening hours. So <laughs> like a 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. situation. Um, and that was interesting because I'm sure this was also because of the industry itself, but there was more freedom. There weren't as many like rules, if you will, you know, in nightlife as there would be in medicine. That kind of makes sense. Um, But because the hours were so opposite of like the natural body clock, I found that my physical health like deteriorated so much working in nightlife because I'm trying to stay awake, you know, the hours that I should be sleeping, (laughs) um, you know, and Uh, I know we did an episode on this uh, before Grace talking to Heath about struggles of Korean nightlife. And there are definitely some similarities mirrored in American nightlife. There is like drugs and alcohol everywhere. You know, it's not the healthiest Mm -hmm. environment, even from that standpoint. So being around that all the time, whether, you know, it was me as the, uh, you know, not employee, but individual being like pressured to partake in those activities or just having to serve people who are wasted like all night, it does kind of take kind of a toll. So I got a little bit more freedom than I did in the, in the nine to five, but you know, my health started taking a toll because just the hours were so not manageable. So now that leads me to where I'm at, which is freelancing. Um, for the most part, I do try to stay within not a nine to five window per se, but work from home during the day. I'm an astrologer and a life coach. And right now, um, a lot of my work I can do remotely from home. Um, And so the biggest benefits that I'm finding, I I know I've kind of already repeated these, but are the freedom that I get to do what I want Mm -hmm. when I want it and the ability to exercise a creativity in what I do. Obviously, astrology um, is not very similar to medicine in a way, or, you know, it's not really widely accepted in the scientific kind of field. so I do get free reign to um, allow that to blossom into whatever I want it to. 
But my biggest struggle by far is the fact that um, I need to find structure. You know, I need to find structure to actually mm-hmm. sustain what I'm doing. For example, you know, I'm also on social media now and I'm trying to figure out a system that can help me, I guess a system and a strategy to help me create content in a way that's actually sustainable so that I'm not like every day I wake up, I'm overworking trying to create content and I always feel like I'm just barely making it, you know? I don't want to feel that way when I'm doing this. And I know Nurtashi mm-hmm. alluded to this already a few times. Like <clears throat> it's uh it's very easy for it to turn into a not very sustainable way of of working so it's crazy how we feel so much quicker burnout in this generation but i see my parents generation they've been working the same job for like 40 years and they don't complain and i'm like what's wrong with this world we live in right now we have like the best job freelancer and we complain and get burnout well i think it's also like we are constantly stimulated right like i constant i also often question do i self-sabotage like am i not good with self-approval so like we're not only doing physical work like mental work it's also like you unfortunately like compare yourself with people on social media it's like every single day from the moment that you're waking up because some days i wake up like so energized and everything and halfway i'm like ah you know like Anytime I catch myself comparing myself with other people, I'm like, you know, we've been there. We're not doing it. Step back. And I do negative self-talk. Unfortunately, I catch that too. It's Mm. like, hello, hello. We're not going to do self-talk today, negative self-talk today. So these are the other battles because being freelancer, working on social media, of course, looks so glamorous. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, especially influencers, right? look like we do nothing like oh you're just posting something but behind especially i i think this is good information we talk to brands they give us brief and like the revisions back and forth like it's a lot of work like especially getting under like getting to know each other with the brand Mm -hmm. building the mutual trust it's one thing Mm -hmm. and creating the content is another thing and then the final part submission so it's like it's a whole different steps we Unfortunately, like when you post something, nobody see that, right? Like that's why, what are you guys doing? Influencers, you just show the brands, like show something for us to buy, which I don't really really love, by the way. I don't like constantly pushing things like buy this, buy that. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we're at the moment, we're at the point like platforms don't pay enough. So if you want to be a fully content creator, uh, we might need to partner with brands to make money. Yeah, I feel like it reminds me of mm. the iceberg where mm. it's like you see the finished product, but you don't see all the work that goes on behind the scenes or underneath it that, you know, allows you to get to where you are. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're like wow. self, like if you're working on your own without an agency. Oh, you have to pitch. You have to find the right brands. You have to prepare all the documents. It's like you are doing everything on your own. I'm burnt out, like, just hearing about it, honestly. <laughs> like, oh, my God, oh, my God, no. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it doesn't show, right? Like, it doesn't show. But even yeah. despite of everything, I still love being content creator because at the end of the day, I feel still like something artistic that I'm doing, yeah. like using camera, editing on my own. It feels so good to me. I do love it. And result, when you watch your own video with the music and everything, it's like a piece of art to me, to mm-hmm. myself. I totally feel the same way. Grace, you had said something before about how 
doing what you do as a freelancer, you wear a million hats. Um, and I think that's really accurate. Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, if you have anything to say about that, I would love to hear more about. Yeah, so I am a my own cameraman, I am my own lighter, I am an editor, like it takes me hours and days to push out one true crime YouTube video. Um, what else am I? I am my own contractor, I am my own lawyer, like it's a 24 hour job, to be honest. But again, like I, I love it. I just don't feel like going to anything else. I, I, maybe I'm a Gemini, Emma. <laughs> like I feel like I can do many different things and I can like reflect back not to like pat myself in the back but a little pat in the back i feel like i can multitask a lot and i kind of like that and i know some people i'm like talking to them on the phone and they're not responding to me and they're texting and i'm like can't you text and talk at the same time <laughs> but anyway i feel like um the the worst thing about social media is that i am constantly relying on the audience like audience to view like follow in order for you to get a payment and even if it's not about money, it's like, damn, like I didn't get that much likes in this video. I've spent so much time and our moods go up and down every single day, depending on views and likes. It's, it's kind of inevitable. Yeah, there's the psychological aspect of, mm -hmm. you know, why is it that, you know, you desire that so badly? But then there's, you know, especially from the influencer or freelancer perspective, that's like directly tied to your income. So yeah. in some form, you know, there is also a very practical material element that connects the two, the way that I think about burnout for myself is that it's really a an emotional and relational problem. I don't want to say problem, but sort of hmm. problem, meaning um, the relation, you know, like how does the relationship that I have with work contribute to burnout? So, for example, right, just for me, I know that I've always been a really ambitious person and I sometimes set these really lofty goals for myself. And then, you know, if I don't reach those goals, I can be really hard on myself because of that. And I think when I was younger, I used to really attribute a lot of my own personal worth and value to my achievements. Mm -hmm. So that sort of sometimes led me to burnout because what, ha what would happen is, okay, if I attribute my worth to my achievements, then I now I'm going to take on more work at my workplace than I can actually manage. But I feel like I have something to prove, you know, or I feel like you know, I'm only worthy if I actually get all these things done. So now I take on more work than I actually can stomach. And then it leads me to feeling resentful, tired, burnt out, feeling like what I'm putting in is not what I'm getting out. I just find it interesting because it sort of correlates to what mm -hmm. you just said, Grace, about how, you know, you you are relying on your audience to give you that feedback and almost that like, I don't want to say approval, but in a sense, you know, approval in order to keep you afloat as a, a creator, which is interesting. I think it's one of the reasons why I love social media so much because it mm -hmm. really helped me to get to know myself more. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I react to some certain things the way that I react? Mm -hmm. And it's a great way to study because like you constantly have chance to watch yourself again and yeah. again. So like, I agree with you when we feel burnout and when we rely on the views and stuff, so like you constantly feel stressful. And then when you're stressful, it affects the way you're working, your mood and your creativity. So like, unfortunately, that creates the cycle that like you're in. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like kind of stepping back these days. It's like, okay, you don't have to do social media for some, I don't know, like maybe income or followers or views. Just like try to understand why this matters to you. Because like we said, right, despite mm -hmm. of everything, I still love this field because 
you guys, we created our own platform. Like we are really in this lucky um, generation that we have this. And like you said, yes, our parents worked for 40 years, whatever. But like, um, you know, it's a different time. I genuinely find like um, digital world is incredible. It's just for myself, um, maybe because the way I cope with things is a little bit more like avoiding, like, mm. or like I escape a lot. I don't know what is it called in psychology. So like, that's what I do. I jump from one thing to another thing. I do not know how to stay somewhere, even though it doesn't have the best views, even though it doesn't have like the, because I'm, I'm losing followers these days because I'm changing my style. Mm. And it makes me want to quit social media, but it's, I think it's a coping thing that I'm doing. Like I, if I stay and if I create a new strategy and if I like, what is it called? Yeah. 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 If I mm -hmm. stick with, with, with what I'm doing, I know I'll get something mm -hmm. because it always happened that way. Yeah. So relying mm -hmm. on views and followers it's one of the things that like, it's so hard to not do, but when you're aware, you can control better at least, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, one thing I just thought of was that I was talking to my friend yesterday and I was telling her I just became sick and it was the first day that I literally couldn't do anything. I was in bed all day. And she was like, maybe have you overworked? I was like, maybe that's also contributes because I was so stressed and we were talking about burnout last week when we all met together. I was like, our mind and body is all connected and maybe my body just shut down because of so many things and I don't realize that, that I'm so overstimulated and your body's like, no, like stop everything. Like everything's kind of restarting. Yeah, I definitely think there are times where if we aren't paying attention to the cues that our body is giving us, it will inevitably re reset. Like it's going to press the reset button whether we want, want it to or not. Um, so I think that's interesting. It's still, it's still crazy to me that... Um, it could be the mala. I am blaming the mala, not my own stress. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that's so funny. What is your solution for the current problems that you're facing in regard to burnout? Uh, right now, I decided to focus on my e-commerce work. Okay. I hope it's not another way of me escaping. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I have to see that round um, for myself. And I do not want to worry about my social media. I think it's one of the reasons why I like found myself so frustrated and burned out. And once I have like, once I figure out my e-com work, I'm planning to hire uh, an assistant for my social media. And that's how I will probably try to handle mm -hmm. both ways. But, you know, I'm still questioning, like, why do I try to do so many things at once? Like, that's what we've been discussing, right? Like, it's like, Am I trying to find my self-worth with the work that I'm doing? Am I just driven with success? Like, you know, what am I constantly trying to find? So that's why I'm trying to figure that out. But at the moment, I try to not worry about my social media. Just enjoy. And I'm genuinely saying this, like, I just want to enjoy. And when there is a good brand aligning with my own brand, I will I'm happy to work. But other than that, I'm not going to say yes to work that I don't want to do because that's something I've been doing mm -hmm. just to get money. But I was keeping myself busy. Like I was spending extra time to, you know, match with those things. So I'm like, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. I can step back and I will only work with the brands that I want to work. And of course, financially, I'm creating another source of income. So that's why it's like, I'm fine. Yeah. 
It sounds like being more selective yeah. with brands that actually align with your values. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I see. Yeah, I love that. Uh, for me, I totally agree with your Taj when you said enjoying. These days, I've been going back to when I first started and I had no followers. I started True Crime, Instagram, Beauty, because I generally loved it and loved about talking about it. And it became like a business where I'm just burnt out. So my go-to is I think I just don't want to care about likes, views. I want to do things that I truly enjoy and passionate about. And I think audience and money will naturally follow that way. Yeah, I think it's so true that when we really do what we love and what lights us up, it naturally attracts the right crowd, even if it means that right now you sort of take a hit. Like I know you said you're losing followers, but it's because you're switching Mm -hmm. into something that actually really it resonates with yes. you, you know, and it's what really uh, matters. I'm so glad that I know you too, because you've touched an area of like freelancing <laughs> and stuff that I haven't touched. So I'm like, this is good to know, like in, <laughs> in the future, I suppose. Apart from trying to figure out what systems I can put in place to help me streamline content creation, um, it's actually awareness is one of the things that you mentioned, Nartaj. And um, I really want to dig even deeper than I already have into understanding, you know, what my motivations are for the Mm -hmm. things that I'm creating and, you know, whether or not they're coming from a place that's actually aligned with who I am or something like, you know, just trying to feed the beast of Mm -hmm. social media for no reason or for, like you said, for likes or for views. Um, I think I'm fortunate that um, I've, I've thought about that like before getting on social media. So I'm, I'm aware already that it could happen and it, sometimes it does happen where I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, is this, is this really the type of content that I should be pushing out if I want my channel to grow or if I want, you know, to grow my audience? Um, and it might be, yes, for metrics, it's good, but for who I am on the inside, it just doesn't feel right. So um, I think, yeah, for me, it's about just uh, digging deeper into the psychology and the emotions that I have about like, why I'm doing things. Astrology time. Is there something in the stars and why we're all feeling this kind of simultaneously, Emma? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love astrology. Um, I love it so much. But yes, there is. So it's interesting. Um, I know the three of us, for anybody watching, the three of us met up last week anyway, and um, shared some of our own personal struggles. And one of the things that had been happening in the stars, I suppose, is currently the north node is in Aries and the south node is in Libra. So south node is energy that we are here to kind of release. North node is energy we're here to claim. And again, North Node in Aries. And at one point, um, Chiron, which is the asteroid that represents the wounded healer, um, it was conjunct the North Node in Aries. So basically the way that that all sort of comes out is when the South Node is in Libra and the North Node is in Aries, we are called to um, pull away from people-pleasing behaviors. Um, Anywhere where we are doing something to appease someone else, or we're only acting a certain way or presenting a certain image because we are worried about the way that we're going to be perceived. We really want everyone to like us. We want to be popular. (laughs) We want like, we want to have a good social image basically. Um, That is Libra energy. And that's um, something that not that you're supposed to just completely abandon, but you're supposed to look at that and ask yourself like, Oh, am I doing this? So it's kind of interesting that we're having this conversation about social media as it applies to burnout, because I know that all three of us at some point have touched on, you know, not wanting to do something because, oh, the, like the masses like it because people think it's popular or because it's trendy. You know, I want to do something that actually resonates with myself. And Aries, which is the North Node and where we're growing, 
is the house of self. Um, so yeah, it's asking us to release any behaviors of like just trying to keep up appearances instead of remaining authentic to ourselves. For certain people who may be in relationships or even like business partnerships, collaboration, collaborative partnerships or sponsorships that are not actually aligned with you anymore, um, you're called to like examine that and decide and do what you feel is best, right? Whether that's like separating from it or um, renegotiating like your terms, I suppose. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's like another thing with... um, Libra and Aries. And it's kind of interesting because I think one of the ways that we can hold ourselves back from like really embodying the Aries energy of independence and self-sufficiency, courage and stuff like that is caring a lot about what other people think of us, you know, or or really (laughs) wanting other people to like us. And we will sacrifice so much of who we are just to get ahead socially. And I think it's really starting to change i think times are starting to change where people are realizing like oh man you know like i don't really want to do like you know i don't even as a viewer right like you don't want to necessarily view something that everyone else is doing and you can tell that they're just doing it to keep up with a trend right mm-hmm. um so that's that and then the other thing with chiron like i mentioned chiron is the wounded healer and um it basically draws out the wounds of aries in a way that will push us farther toward our purpose So you mentioned something about this earlier where it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. And that's like one of the shadows of Aries energy is being very competitive and very comparative, you know, always comparing yourself to other people and uh, allowing your worth to be determined by how you size up to someone else. And again, I think that's one of the things that can kind of keep us held back from stepping into our own power is double checking first, like, oh, like, you know, how does this look? Did someone else do this? Or like, did it work for them? Or like, oh, that negatively impacted their reputation. Like maybe I should or shouldn't do that, you know? Or, oh, this person has more certifications than me, so I just shouldn't say anything, you know? And um, even for me as an astrologer, by no means am I the most seasoned astrologer in the world. I mean, I'm 29. There are people who've been studying this for like more than (laughs) I've been alive, more years than I've been alive. Um, But it's the way that I apply astrology that's meant to be just different than what someone else does. Other people teach it as professors. Mm-hmm. Other people like me do coaching. Other people do astrology with psychic readings. You know, everyone's just different. And that's kind of the point, you know, like all of us are here with a, a different strength, different abilities. Um, and that's what Chiron and Aries is is calling, I think, out of us, you know, any blockages to fully claiming your own identity, unapologetically claiming oh. your identity and stepping into the path that you feel is is best for you. So... Yeah. Blame the st- well, not blame the stars, but I mean, like, there's something going up there. Thank God, it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's I, good to know, right? <laughs> I think that's important to um, to know that kind of like you said, Grace. Like, it isn't necessarily that the stars are doing this to us, but mm-hmm. what's happening in the stars, ironically, is mirroring like the experiences even that you and I, you and I, and mm-hmm. us, us, we're all having. Um, so yeah, I think that's really, really. I guess like one last thing is um, going around, what is your next move? What do you see yourself in the next year or two? Right now, I actually don't know. I, uh, I'm not one of those people like who know what they will do the next five years or so. Like, But one of the things I really love about myself, I try to not give myself any identity. Like I never want to tell I'm an influencer, I'm a translator, I'm a this, like that. Like I don't want to do that. 
for some reason I don't like doing that so like who knows next year I might even start a totally different job I think again it comes down to like what I enjoy at the moment and if I don't enjoy something I want to analyze what I can do differently so right now like I don't have a certain plan for my future I hope it doesn't sound like you know <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but who knows? I feel me coming from Turkey and I lived in China. Like, I feel like I have to do some business, like online business, that, just to see it. And I feel I'm going to be successful there because I've done business before. So, like, right now I want to try maybe my own thing at the moment. So, let's see, because it can be my main income. Mm -hmm. And in general, I think I just want to... I always say something like eat the world, mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I want to travel more. I want to learn different languages and I want to eat like all the food. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I want that too, actually. You know, how do you yeah. say it? Yeah. For me, I think working on building out my presence in, in the world in general, but of course, digitally as well on social media as an astrologer and a coach, like, Kind of like I said already, it's something that I'm still new to doing um, and I don't really have much of a, I think, professional reputation or really anything yet. Um, people know who I am, but like by no means do I, you know, have like a large brand or anything. But I would like to build that out a little bit. And um, kind of to your point, I'm also really open to seeing where things go. Um, I used to be a dancer. I love art. I love entertainment. Um, and so it would be really neat education as well. I would be, it would be really neat to get back into that or see that kind of come more into my field. Um, you know, because I, I do enjoy seeing say other like astrology, uh, coaches or something on YouTube. Like I do love seeing their content and I do think like, yeah, in some respect, I want to do similar things. Um, but I would like to think bigger about it, you know, and, and start to blend the different experiences that I've had mm -hmm. into, you know, like what I do now. Yeah. yeah. Having more fun and more creativity in, in all aspects. Nice. So For me, I would like to work with but a bigger network station, Grace, like TV, Netflix, streaming services, and being like interviewing hosts. So going um, more broader in terms of like camera work. And like you said, hopefully I will get back into having an English album. That's always been my thing. I want to at least do it before I die and regrets. So we should do a one-year checkup. <laughs> one year later, we look back. Oh my God. Yeah, we should definitely. Wow. That. Yes, that will be really interesting <laughs> to see myself next year. <laughs> oh my God. Perfect. Well, awesome. thank you everybody for tuning in. Yeah, thank you all for joining us. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on burnout as well. Do you struggle with it? What do you do about it? Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.